Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. Peacock censoring WWE content. Chris Bay not currently cleared to compete. And I take you through the culminating backstory behind the main event of this year's WrestleMania. I'm Jaden Becker and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me give me a follow on twitter and instagram at jaden becker tv last night was friday night smackdown but before we get into that let's check out our news peacock censoring wwe content it was revealed that peacock had removed the wrestlemania 6 match between bad news brown and wwe hall of famer uh, roddy piper where piper wrestled with half his body in black paint and a cut promos in blackface uh, a 2005 survivor series segment where vince mcmahon dropped the n-word to john cena was also removed uh, i i think those are uh, at least that's uh, the latter one of that is okay to remove uh, i'm not so sure because it's a piece of history with roddy roddy piper uh, but i can understand that as well but uh, peacock is going to review all 17 thousand hours of wwe content let me repeat that 17 thousand hours of wwe content to ensure it aligns with peacock standards and practices according to the hollywood reporter uh, wwe and peacock is still expected to have the wwe library available for viewing on demand in time for SummerSlam in late august but all classic content will be reviewed before it is added all i have to say is good luck to whoever they have watching all 17 thousand hours of wwe content and not only that but all the content like the wcw content and the nwa stuff and everything that they own that's underneath the wwe uh, umbrella if you will when it comes down to content and what they own in their video library good luck good luck <laughs> that's all i have to say i'll be having some popcorn or whatever you need to get through 17 thousand hours of content that is absolutely insane insane how much they're gonna have to go through i can only imagine what they're gonna be able to find and and what's going to be uh, centered out of uh content i'll be i let's say they get rid of some benoit matches i, I don't know how people are going to be able to feel about that you know because it's still a part of history I mean, these matches the wrestlemania main events like they're still a part of history and to completely remove them that would be uh, something there Chris Bay not currently cleared to compete. Uh, Bay took a to social media to announce that he's not cleared to compete uh, on Impact Wrestling. Bay has wrestled, uh, hasn't wrestled since March 9th uh, episode of Impact when he defeated Ace Austin. Uh, Impact bulk tapes their shows in advance of their airing, uh, which also makes me boggle how sometimes the production value can be so bad, especially since you pre-tape it and you could bulk tape some, something. Uh, how it could be so bad, but I digress. Uh, Impact has turned the injury into a story line with George Iceman noting on BTI before the impact that Bay suffered an injury during an attack. It is unknown how long Bay will be sidelined or even what the nature of his injury is at the moment. I will keep you updated if anything comes out. You can also check out my Twitter at Jaden Becker TV. I'll let you know there as well if anything comes out recent about Chris Bay's injury. But as it stands right now, he won't be on TV for quite some time given the bolt tapings uh, usually will take time uh, away from because it, it, you're taping weeks in advance. If you and he's out this week. He's now not only going to miss this week, but he's going to miss the next four or five weeks, if you will. So uh, get well soon. Chris Bay is one of my favorite guys on Impact Wrestling right now, and I'm hoping 
the best for him. We're going to get right into our show review for last night's Friday Night Smackdown, but first let us thank our sponsor, Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. The third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is FANSIDED20, all caps, at manscaped.com at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Last night's Friday Night Smackdown opened up with Daniel Bryan. Uh, Bryan cuts a promo with a steel chair in hand, acknowledging Roman Reigns tapped out at Fastlane. Uh, Bryan also mentions that he's tired of watching people have dream matches that they didn't earn. Uh, talking about Edge there, even though Edge did earn his way into that match against Roman Reigns, wasn't like he asked for it. He did start at number one in the Royal Rumble and won the Royal Rumble this year. So did did it the hardest way possible, if you will, in winning that Royal Rumble match from the number one spot. So saying that he didn't earn it, uh, that that's a little bit of a stretch there. Uh, calls out Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Championship, and he wants a rematch for it. Uh, takes a seat in the ring as the show goes to commercial, saying that he's not going to move from this seat until he gets what he wants. And uh, the show ends up going to commercial as he's sitting in the chair, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, as they come back, Adam Pearce enters and says no to Brian. Uh, Brian offers it to be a two-night thing as Brian would take on uh, Edge or Roman Reigns. However, the winner would be in night one as Brian would be in night two. Edge enters and makes the point of, as I said earlier, winning the Rumble and uh, pretty much tells Brian that he doesn't deserve the title shot given that he lost twice at this point. Brian attacks Edge, but Edge gains the advantage and attacks Brian with the steel chair that Brian was sitting in. Uh, I, I wrote here in my notes, very baby face of Edge, very, very, very baby face of Edge uh, for him to be swinging around that steel chair. And we'll see later in the night. Yeah, very, very baby face Edge. <laughs> we'll see later in the night as well. Uh, moving on to our first match of the night, Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. This is a rematch from... Uh, Sunday's fast lane, and uh, if you had network issues, <laughs> if you had WWE network issues, and you might have missed this match or hopped in and out, I guess they give it to you again. Why not? They give it, they give it to you again. Uh, Nakamura dominant early on. Rollins reeling. Uh, Rollins finds an opening for a Falcon Arrow back and forth, but Rollins finds another opening for a curb stomp to pick up the win over Nakamura. This wasn't a squash. It was a, a drawn out match, but uh, it, it was a decent match between these two. And you, you can't really go wrong when you have Rollins and Nakamura. More two of the best technically sound wrestlers in the WWE at the moment. So there you go, you have it right there for you. It's just a lot of people found it discouraging given the fact that uh, we already saw this at Fastlane. So what was the point of having it at Fastlane if you're going to give it to us for free again? on SmackDown. Uh, Cesaro saves Nakamura from a post-match beatdown, and it is announced that uh, Cesaro will be taking on uh, Seth Rollins at uh, WrestleMania as in a backstage segment. Cesaro swung around Seth Rollins once again uh, a good 10 times. and this, So Rollins, Cesaro at Mania, I'm excited for it. Definitely should be a fun match. And Rollins, once again, doing his job uh, in the WWE. He already has accomplished so much in a short, relatively short time uh, in the WWE and now is moving uh, to 
helping the younger stars we saw last year help uh, Kevin Owens and obviously help uh, Dominic Mysterio make his first debut run with the WWE. Now Seth Rollins, uh, once again, going to help uh, Cesaro here. Uh, I wrote out in a tweet, when is Nakamura going to get some wins here moving forward? And, uh, you know, I had some dialogue back and forth saying that, uh, you know, Nakamura is also trying to do the same thing, helping out young talent as well or trying to grow talent. But I haven't really seen that, to be honest with you. If the young talent that he's helping out is Cesaro, then that's not really a good argument there. Uh, I'm not knocking Rollins for helping out Cesaro. Cesaro needs his moment to come at some point. You know, you saw what he was able to do with Owens and where Owens ended up uh, going up against Roman Reigns. So we could see Cesaro going up against Roman Reigns at some point as well or whoever the Universal Champion will be as well, which I'm uh, excited for, especially for Cesaro because he deserves a, a decent singles run. He really does. Our next match, and this was a fun one, Big E and the Street Profits taking on Apollo Crews and Alpha Academy. I hope this match is better than uh, Big E and Crews at Fastlane. <laughs> it wasn't. It was not a good match at Fastlane, those, those two. Moves of Doom from Big E isn't enough as an Olympic slam from Cruz gives him the win and the pin over Big E. So uh, better than it was at Fastlane, I thought, this match. And now we get the announcement as well as Big E will be taking on Apollo Cruz at WrestleMania. Once again, a lot of people were turned not turned off that they're going to have a match at WrestleMania. Just turned off of what happened at Fastlane, uh, given the fact that Fastlane was supposed to be, you know, uh, at least the start of something between the two. And uh, what ended up happening was it's just a, a match that was botched and finished at the end. Or well, I wouldn't say it was botched, but it looked very, very clunky at the end. It didn't look clean. And hopefully, we see a nice, clean, strong match between these two at WrestleMania. And uh, I wouldn't say this could be a WrestleMania uh, show stealer. Is it possible? Yeah, definitely possible, especially if they do uh, a last man standing match type of dealio, even though they did a last man standing match last year at Mania. If they do something along those lines of a stipulation, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I really won't. I think these two have a strong enough feud at this point to uh, warrant a stipulation, and uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Next segment, the KO show. This one was with Sami Zayn. Uh, Zayn enters and apologizes and blames the conspiracy theories for his previous actions for kicking Kevin Owens in the face. Uh, a red carpet trailer premiere next week with the one and only going to make his way to Friday Night SmackDown. I'm not sure if he's going to be there in person. I'm not sure if he's going to be there over Zoom. I can't tell you, but... Logan Paul, yes, you heard that right, Logan Paul, YouTube sensation, YouTube star, whatever you want to call him, boxer at this point, uh, whatever you want to call him, he's going to make his way to Friday Night Smackdown, obviously Vince McMahon's type of dream scenario, you have a big star over on Raw and Bad Bunny, might as well get another relatively big star in Logan Paul over on SmackDown to promote on the road to WrestleMania. They're on their way there. So uh, to continue to promote uh, in in every avenue possible. And Logan Ball, he's, he's an influential voice to a lot of people. So might as well bring him in. Why not at this point? Uh, I, I just I don't want Logan Paul to really muddy the waters between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Much like I wouldn't call him like a Reginald or anything like that, but uh, there's there's so much there that that doesn't really need Logan Paul. We're gonna see what happens next week. I could just be talking like crazy right now, but 
There's so much there with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, given all the history that they've had in NXT. There's so much, so much, there, and all the, the all the stuff that they had back in the independent scene as well. You, it's a match that writes itself. They have so many guys on this on their rosters that that matches that write themselves from their time uh, either in NXT or in the Indies, and these two might be the epitome of that. There's no need to muddy the waters with anything when it comes down to it. But uh, we'll see what happens with Logan Paul. Uh, I I wasn't I was I'm not opposed to Bad Bunny. I think he has a lot of respect for the business and what it really means to be a professional wrestler. He's been watching for a long time. I don't know if, if I can say the same thing about Logan Paul at the moment. I don't know if he's a huge big pro wrestling fan to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know if he's if he's going to be able to respect the business quote unquote like that. But uh, we'll see. And we all know he'll he'll run towards that paycheck. He'll run towards that paycheck. We all saw that with his boxing match. So uh, happy to see um, at least. Some celebrity involvement, but I don't know if this might be all, either this the right celebrity involvement in the right feud at this time. Might be a wrong place, wrong time as well. Looking at our next match, uh, Bianca Belair and Natalia uh, with excuse me, Bianca Belair versus Natalia with Tamina uh, Belair off to a hot start, uh, putting uh, Natalia down, but Belair making it to the top rope is distracted by Sasha Banks making her entrance. Uh, Banks joins in on commentary. Belair walks out of the ring, slaps Banks in the face, but I will say Banks slap uh, might have not been harder, but it definitely sounded a lot, a lot like the the echo of the slap from from Banks a week prior was a lot louder and a lot stronger than the one from uh, Belair this week. I will say that. But kiss of death or KOD from uh, Belair to pick up the win over Natalia. And uh, I'm completely. There's no reason why Bianca Belair should be losing. She should be winning every match going forward from here on out to WrestleMania. I don't care who she's facing. She could be facing uh, Brock Lesnar. I don't care. She should be winning every match on her way to Mania against Sasha Banks. There's no reason for her to lose, even in tag team action. There's no reason for... And same thing for Sasha Banks. There's no reason for any of these two to be picking up losses on their road to WrestleMania. Next match, Dolph Ziggler versus Rey Mysterio. Ziggler dominant early on, dumping Mysterio and Dominic over the barricade. Ziggler hung up for the 619, but is stopped by Rude on the outside. Uh, awesome zigzag spot from Dolph Ziggler catching Rey Mysterio in the air. But Mysterio hits the 619 at the end of the match and picks up the win. Uh, big move there from uh, Ziggler and Mysterio. And that was actually the main event of the night. Uh, as we will see what happens with Mysterio going forward in the Mysterio family, as this could possibly mean a, a title uh, opportunity uh, for those two, for Dominic and Rey Mysterio to go for a, a tag team reign as tag team champions. Is it too early to put the tag team titles on Dominic Mysterio? Maybe, maybe. I, definitely not a singles title, but a tag team title could work, at least in the eyes of the WWE, given the fact that they don't really care who the tag team champions are we've seen in the past, you know. So uh, they don't really care who the real champion is. It's just I think it would be a fun moment between the father and son moment for them two to be uh, tag team champions. And uh, I'm not super-duper opposed to it. I think uh, it's fine. 
as long as the Street Profits get back on top at one point, I think I'll be okay with it because they've really been the ones carrying the SmackDown Tag Team Division ever since Survivor Series. Well, when they were when they were traded over. So uh, it really all just comes down to that. It really just all comes down to uh, who has been the one to really carry this division, and it has been the Street Profits. But uh, the title at this point if for both Raw and SmackDown, I, I don't want to call them meaningless, but they, they don't have a lot of value compared to uh, what it would be if it was just a unified title that would be prestigious like how AEW is currently hang, 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 like holding themselves from that standpoint is that the Young Bucks, they're the tag team champions right now and they're going to be the tag team champions for a long time until a legitimate, legitimate contender comes up and faces them. So we, we'll see what happens with the tag team division. But in, in, in a simple term, in a simple way to put it, a lot of people at WrestleMania are going to be casual fans, and a lot of people know who Rey Mysterio is. Also, a lot of people are going to know who Dominic Mysterio is, given that that's his son. You know, they're, they're going to want to be recognized by that. And then putting the tag team titles on them at WrestleMania will make a lot of people say, like, hey, Dominic Mysterio, not that bad. And he's not. I've never denied his in-ring talent. His microphone, microphone work does need some work, but I've never denied his in-ring talent ever. I think he, he's been an absolute... Uh, superstar from a kid at such a young age and you know it all comes down to his pops his pops is one of the greatest masked wrestlers of all time it might be the greatest masked wrestler of all time or maybe possibly the most recognizable might be the better name for it but yeah i have all the praise in the world for dominic mysterio just his in-ring work is going to need some uh not his his in-ring work his uh, microphone work is going to need some some work uh, going forward moving to our main segment of the night and what ended the show adam pierce's big announcement uh pretty much uh, culminating with all three superstars in the ring in Edge, Roman Reigns, and Daniel Bryan. Uh, you tapped out Chance, piped in up by crowd noise in the Thunderdome, which I thought was a nice touch there. They didn't have to do that, but they did. You know, it just piped in crowd noise. You, you would probably hear that if that was a live crowd. And the fact that the Thunderdome, which is not a live crowd, it's, it's a piped-in noise. It, nice to see. Nice to see by the WWE there. Uh, all three in the ring, and a triple threat match is set for WrestleMania uh, between uh, Daniel Bryan Edge and Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. All three ball, brawl and Edge snaps once again, attacking both with a steel chair. Edge even attacks WWE officials as he was going to uh, hit Daniel Bryan with a concerto. Uh, and Edge is going absolutely crazy. And I'm prepared to say a lot of people aren't, but I think Edge is ready to turn heel at this point and is turning heel heading towards WrestleMania. I'm conflicted in my head of how I feel about this emotionally. Uh, I, I want to, you know, why would I want to boo Edge? You know, he's making the comeback story of, of his own, you know. He's trying to regain a title that, he, I wouldn't say a title that he never lost, but he's trying to regain a title that uh, he definitely is deserving of at this point. And I feel like the biggest heel coming into this match shouldn't be Edge, it should be Roman Reigns. Because he is the the big heel in this situation. He's the big mafia mob boss at this point. He is the big heel. I don't know why the unhinged edge, or edge that, that's off the chain, if you will, is the person they're going to make us boo the most heading into WrestleMania. And obviously Daniel Bryan as babyface as babyface can be at this point. And given how they're trying to book this, not, not exactly like WrestleMania 30, but trying to book this as a comeback story of the ages for Daniel Bryan. Meanwhile, the comeback story of the ages has been Edge's. This is Edge's comeback story, not Daniel Bryan's. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it looks going forward. But uh, I, all three of them is sort of a comeback story. But Roman Reigns is the established heel. Daniel Bryan is the established babyface. And Edge 
I feel like he should walk that line. But right now, he's looking super full-fledged heel, even more than Roman at this point, which is a little odd. A little odd, to say the least. Final grade for this SmackDown. Thought it was a solid show. Not a lot of matches on this show either. A lot of segment uh, portions of it. But I, I'm not going to say that that was a bad thing. I'm not going to say that that was a bad thing, uh, to be honest with you. So I'm going to give this a B-. minus. Happy with that grade, mostly because they they handed in their test. They handed in their card for, for WrestleMania. He's like, you know what? Here you go. You have it. <laughs> Three weeks in advance. Here you go. Uh, enjoy what, what you have to see and uh, let us know what you think right away. So if we have to change anything in the next two two weeks, we know by now. And they said, here, here it all is. And I'm happy with what SmackDown is presenting to us. I think they, they've done a pretty great job on this build towards WrestleMania. Uh, the only question is I, ha- I had really coming into this is do we need really need to see another Daniel Bryan story again? But I think a lot of people genuinely want to see it again. So it's been, what, seven years removed since WrestleMania 30? All right. I think if enough time has elapsed for you, and I think genuinely if you feel that way, there's no problem in that. I don't know if enough time has elapsed for me to make it feel like a comeback story again. It doesn't really feel like a comeback story. It feels like kind of a, I wouldn't say a going away story either, but we're sort of heading in that direction where it's sort of like one last time for Daniel Bryan, which he kind of, he's, he's even hinted at. It's like, this might be my last WrestleMania. Will it be? I don't think so. I think he still has maybe one or two left in him, but it depends on all how the health looks like for, for all three of these guys. And speaking of that, I'm going to get into that a little bit. Uh, the backstory behind this full overarching story of uh, what this WrestleMania main event is looking like and how honestly beautiful and serene it is to see all three of these uh, superstars in the main event of WrestleMania. That's coming after the break, so stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on March 27th, 1988, WWF hosted WrestleMania 4 from the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey. The show hook or the show premise around this WrestleMania was an undisputed tournament for the WWF Championship. The title was vacated back in February after Andre the Giant won the title from Hulk Hogan in uh, on main event, or on the main event as the show was called at the time, and then sold the title to Ted DiBiase two minutes later after he won it. Uh, DiBiase was stripped of the title about a week later on WWF Superstars, and the title was declared vacant with the winner of the first ever WWF Championship Tournament to be crowned as the new champion. The WrestleMania ended with Macho Man Randy Savage winning the WWF Championship against Ted DiBiase. Uh, There's a lot of double countouts in this tournament making the night go quicker but also diluting the show. But huge moment obviously for Macho Man Randy Savage. I believe he won four matches in uh, or three three or four matches in, in, in a row to get to that. Uh, main event. Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant did have a match at that WrestleMania. This is not the match that they had at WrestleMania 3. Both of these guys got disqualified in that match, thus taking them out of the the match complete, the the tournament completely. So once again, it it was a lot of these double countouts, double disqualifications diluted the product a bit because people wanted to see a legitimate tournament. But this is so early in in WWF's run, and especially in their big WrestleMania run, if you will, that uh, the times were different then as well. As double countouts were sort of, uh, they weren't 
bad then, if you will. It protected both guys then, but now it's sort of looked at as a big no-no. Big, big no-no. And even then, you could also argue that it diluted the product. But big news from on this day, WrestleMania 4. And uh, as we continue to get closer and closer to WrestleMania, this is WrestleMania season, so uh, I like to talk about the previous WrestleManias. And uh, even though it, it was WrestleMania 4 and I was nowhere, nowhere near alive for it, I still have uh, fond memories watching as a kid uh, the tournament as a whole. Now, I want to talk about Edge, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, and, and what they had to deal with to finally get to this main event. And what a story that they're going to be able to tell that they might not be telling directly to us on screen, but what we are noticing as the overarching story and how beautiful it is uh, from a, a perspective of, of not only a pro wrestling fan, but anyone can really appreciate from, from going from the lowest point of your career due to injury or due to illness to uh, possibly the highest points of their careers. I want to start off with Edge here. On April 11, 2011, uh, Edge was uh, giving an emotional speech about his career and his realities of professional wrestling going forward. Uh, he talked about his previous neck injuries and uh, sur uh, the cervical uh, vertebrae fusions that he had to go under uh, because he wanted to continue to, to wrestle even though his neck was just not anywhere in, in any shape to continue wrestling going forward. Uh, he even stated that he had a numbness in his arms uh, around the time of uh, WrestleMania 27. Uh, he even had a MRI around the time of uh, WrestleMania, and that testing forced him to retire from professional wrestling in 2011. Uh, the diagnosis was cervical spinal stenosis, and doctors would not clear him to compete for a risk of neck down paralysis or even death should he take a hard enough fall, and we all know Edge is willing to take a bump for anything. But uh, if Edge would take a hard enough fall, he could possibly die in the ring, and no one ever wants to see that. Uh, Edge would make his in-ring surprise return at the Royal Rumble in 2020 to an enormous pop that no one, absolutely no one, was expecting uh, for Edge to make his return. I, I, you could have seen my pop. I, I, I looked like I was eight years old again, watching Edge come out in his pyro and his jacket and his wet hair and uh, doing his, his uh, stance with his... Uh, you know, with this horns, I don't even know what to call it anymore. But a, an absolute moment in history that not anyone's ever going to forget for quite some time because this might be one of the greatest returns in professional wrestling history, given that he was gone at the time nine years and then making that surprise return at the Royal Rumble, a pay per view that almost every wrestling fan watches, whether you're a diehard or a casual fan. Uh, that return was absolutely insane. And for him to return after uh, being told that he could possibly die for being in a, in a ring, obviously, has gotten to a point where it's safe for him to be back in in-ring action. Uh, but it, not a lot of people ever thought we would see Edge in a ring again. No one ever thought that we would see Edge in a ring again after 2011. It was an absolute shame because as a kid, I can remember Edge as one of my favorite professional wrestlers then and even as one of my favorite professional wrestlers now. Uh, obviously, his character then a little bit different than what it's looking like now. But as a, as a, as a kid, it, it was so new to me because it was just so on the edge and so rated R, if you will. 
you know, as an eight-year-old kid, and he's like, oh, he's the rated R superstar. Uh, for, for him to make his return at that Royal Rumble was so, so special. And sadly, he did suffer another injury at the greatest wrestling match ever, as it was dubbed at Backlash uh, against Randy Orton. And then having to make his return again at the Royal Rumble in 2021, as I mentioned earlier, winning uh, that Royal Rumble from the one spot. Uh, and going back to WrestleMania, going to be in that main event, uh, well-deserved return, and Edge telling that full story of, of being able to come back from extreme injury. And he's not the only one in this match that's going to be able to tell that story. The other person's going to be Daniel Bryan. On February 8th, 2016, Bryan retired due to medical reasons. Bryan revealed that he suffered 10 documented concussions while wrestling, but more might have been undocumented or misdiagnosed, and might is... is holding a lot of weight there that word might because uh, concussions uh, you can either when it comes down to concussions it, as a as a person that that would receive the concussion it there's only so much you can do from a point of, of being able to diagnose that and going to a doctor and uh, if you go to a doctor and you say you have a concussion there you're going to easily be able to diagnose it but if you try to hide it if you will or be that you know be a professional wrestler and continue to want to work week in and week out and not be lingered with injury, you're going to try to fight it off or stay away from the doctor's office as much as possible, knowing that that concussion can sideline you for weeks at a time, knowing that you need those weeks to build your run, especially on the independent scene where you're, you're willing to give up your body at that point to try to make it big as Daniel Bryan did. But those 10 documented, he's probably suffered 30, 40 undocumented concussions throughout his professional wrestling career. An EEG reflect test revealed a slowing and small uh, subsecute chronic lesions on his brain, a temporal region, uh, which explained Brian's post-concussion seizures that led to his retirement decision. Unlike Edge, Brian would stick around the WWE as the SmackDown general manager, and then would, Brian would make his in-ring return at WrestleMania 34. You have to remember that when Brian retired, he was about a year or two out of his run fr from uh, WrestleMania 30. And we all remember WrestleMania 30, and a lot of people compare WrestleMania 30 to now, his run now as you know being the guy that you forcing himself into that main event, the fans forcing him into the main event, because even though I do want to see Roman Reigns edge one-on-one -on -one at some point, uh, I have no problem with Daniel Bryan being in this main event either, especially with the full story that they're telling. I think it's fantastic. But even at WrestleMania 30, the story that they told then was... Uh, a story that can't really be replicated ever because it was so genuine, so pure. It made it, it made the fans finally get what they want, and the WWE listened. WWE finally listened for the first time, saying, "Hey, we understand that you want this Daniel Bryan guy to win," and they gave him the the victory. And what a moment it was—a raucous moment in New Orleans, to say the least. And the the confetti and the pyro and the the, emo the raw emotion from Daniel Bryan as well really is what made that moment so pure. But a moment that would soon be uh, in the background, given the fact that a lot of people, once again, like how we thought Edge, we, we didn't think we were going to see Daniel Bryan ever wrestle again because look at exactly what I just said, post-concussion seizures that led to his retirement. It, who, who would ever want to suffer through that just to be a professional wrestler. Once again, obviously, the passion is there for Daniel Bryan. He said that throughout his whole career. But when it comes down to health and living your life, you know, he has a wife and kids. You know, coming down to health, uh, you want to be able to be a father to your children. You want to be a husband to your wife. And it, it, it's something that you have to hold balance and solace with uh, moving forward. But Bryan, 
obviously medically cleared and able to return and now back in in-ring action. Uh, another moment that a lot of people were surprised to see at WrestleMania 34 and uh, some people are even arguably con- continuously surprised to see given how, how at what one point where Daniel Bryan was and where he is now. And yeah, I talked about the Pat Edge and Daniel Bryan and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Roman Reigns and what he went through. Uh, in, in a short period of time in 2018, but arguably might be one of the scariest moments for for uh, all all of these members in this match. On October 22nd, 2018, Reigns relinquished the WWE title and announced his hiatus on Monday Night Raw, revealing that his leukemia had returned after 11 years of privately battling it and being in remission. Following this announcement, Reigns would go on an indefinite hiatus to receive treatment, but uh, Reigns was first diagnosed with leukemia in May of 2007 when he was signed with the Minnesota Vikings and went into remission about uh, two years after his initial diagnosis. After February, uh, after that, some time off uh, from the WWE, he returned February 25th, 2019. Reigns made his return to Monday Night Raw, revealing that his leukemia was once again in remission. Even though his time away was relatively short, let's see, he, he came pretty much, uh, I, I believe, um, four months to the day of when he announced it to the WWE Universe, relinquishing his WWE title, and then making his return to Monday Night Raw. Uh, it, it was so important for his return because uh, it, it allowed people to see the man underneath the character. Because at that time for Roman Reigns, uh, he was the John Cena of the world where he was the propped up man that was put on a pedestal and meant to say, cheer for this man. Go ahead. Go go, go cheer for him. Why, why are you not cheering? Why are you not cheering? And, and people didn't understand why Roman Reigns was put in that position so soon, so fast, especially after the shield being broken up. Uh, why was Roman Reigns the one to be propped up and put on top? And we know he's the big man that can do the job, but why him? And uh, people were so, so annoyed by and so emotionally tied down by it that they had to boo him and that weren't really booing at Roman Reigns but they were booing at the WWE for promoting a man that they didn't want to see or that didn't in their eyes in the fans' eyes didn't earn that spot there but with all those boos there comes a person and that person was Roman Reigns that had to battle that and had to take that on. Even though it wasn't any fault of his own, he's being pushed by the WWE, he had to be the one to carry that burden on his shoulders uh, and be the face of the representation of what WWE was trying to do. And with him announcing to the WWE Universe that he uh, came out of remission from leukemia and that uh, something that he had to battle for so, so long, it, it finally humanized Roman Reigns, if you will, and obviously had to fight that battle, and he won that battle, and we even saw, uh, even uh, in 2020, had to lead the WWE once again uh, because of COVID-19, he, he obviously a pre-existing condition being leukemia, uh, he had to be gone for quite some time, but even with that, he was able to reinvent himself. So, uh, uh, for him to be back in in-ring action, and to be treated the way he is, uh, it, it's great to see. It's great to see for Roman Reigns. Because you could say at one point, I think we all believe each for all three of these guys that we there's a good chance that we might not ever see these guys in a ring again. And now, at the main event of WrestleMania, at the main event, the grandest stage in them all, we're going to see them compete in a match all together. Uh, a moment that, that shouldn't be overlooked. This is the story, as I said, the story behind the story that they show on television. This is the story behind the storylines. This is the story behind the Edge going and staying. This is all, this is what makes it kind of real for us. 
as fans because we all understand the struggles that all three of these stars went through to finally be back at this moment. They've been yearning and, and, and pleading to be back here for this moment. And they finally, finally, finally have found their way back uh, to, to the top of the card and at WrestleMania in the main event. Even after some of the lowest points of their career, they were all able to find their way back in, in glorious fashion. And, and I can't, you can't praise them enough for what all the hard work and, and all that they've been through. Uh, to finally be back, not for themselves, but for us, the fans, because th- this is really what all pro wrestling is for. It's it's for the fans, and they do it for us, and it's definitely appreciated. Looking at our next episode, I'm going through the top 10 greatest triple threat matches of all time. Y- y- you think on the top of your head what your favorite ever triple threat match is, and let's see, let's see in our next episode if it's in there. I'm curious. I'm curious. Let me know what your favorite triple threat match is at my Twitter at JadenBeckerTV because I'm definitely curious. I want to see your input and I'll give you my input on my Twitter as well. But that's all for me. Remember to get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at Manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and using the code FANSIDE20. I'm not good confidence and always use the right tool for, for the job with Manscaped. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.